Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Gut Wrench Podcast once again. My name, for those of you who don't know, for those of you who are just joining, and I forgot to do it again, <clears throat> what I wanted to do was I wanted to introduce myself, and then I wanted to um, say this is episode number blah da blah da yada whatever. Because unfortunately for me, I don't exactly have the episode number written down anywhere. And pulling it up would be so uh, cumbersome at this point in time. We're going to be going over uh, Rampage. We're going to be going over a Rampage that happened uh, 114, 1-14-2022. I think I skipped a week, but I'm not sure because I couldn't find the other week. And the problem with this is that I'm going to be doing a half an episode of Rampage and then another half of an episode of Dynamite. Or, I'm sorry, all of an episode of Rampage and then half of an episode of Dynamite. Uh, at least I think it's Dynamite because it's 1-19-2022, where, uh, of course, John Moxley returns. <clears throat> Last week, it looks like we went over the, uh, 2001 Royal Rumble, or rather the 2000 Royal Rumble, because I'm seeing, uh... Here's here's what I got on my notes, just so you guys know. Uh, Bob Backlund in the Rumble um, this year, running for uh, Congress at this time. Jericho throws Bob Backlund out of the ring. Michael Cole asks The Rock who, he's, who his biggest worry um, coming into the Rumble. And The Rock says he's... The Rock says, not to sound like The Rock or anything, The Rock says that the two uh, people that he's really worried about in the Royal Rumble is Headbanger Mosh and Crash Holly. Then, told Cole, it looks like I put so make himself a stupid sandwich. And he didn't say it like, you know, Hey, just go make the stupid sandwich. Get out of my face. He said it like this. Go make yourself a stupid sandwich. Like anything that Cole would eat would have been stupid by default. Because, of course, he's Michael Cole. And, I mean, what more can I say about Michael Cole other than... He's Michael Cole. Sorry about that. Big delayed burp there. Um, And Road Dog throws Bulldog. The British Bulldog, of course. Road Dog throws not an actual Bulldog. Otherwise, we would have the ASPCA on our hands. But Road Dog throws British Bulldog. But I only wrote down Bulldog. Not sure why. Davy Boy Smith, whatever you want to call him. Road Dog throws British Bulldog out of the ring. King says, it was a dog fight. 
King also says they were doing it doggy style. So, you know, however many um dog jokes that you can make in one go around. And the reason that this is only a half of an episode of of uh dynamite I'm thinking it's dynamite because no it, it was probably rampage. Um their shows are so confused. It's Wednesday. Yep, it was uh Dynamite. Whichever show comes on Wednesday. You know, I'm probably going to Google it right now. Because I don't want to sit here and act like an idiot saying that it was something. Saying that it was something that it was not. I'm, I'm going to Google it right now. I'm not too keen on their freaking... show scheduling and stuff like that so i do apologize i probably should have pulled this up before we began yeah so if i was smart i would know that wednesday nights is dynamite because it's literally in the name Wednesday night dynamite yesterday was the 19th today as I'm recording this is Thursday because this podcast goes up on Friday so I'm gonna go out on a limb here and I'm going to say that the episode prior to the one that we're going to review here in just a minute um, the episode that we are going to be talking about after Rampage, which came on 114, 2022, which would have meant, which would have meant that Rampage comes on Fridays, because Friday, uh, if that one came on 114, and then this one came on 119, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. See? So, it all comes together. Friday Night Rampage, Wednesday Night Dynamite. If I was smart, I would have known that to begin with. But, in this case, I've just wasted seven minutes of your all's time. Because we're at the seven minute and eight second mark right now. I'm not trying to drag this on any more than what I have to. Believe me, my cats are even looking at me like I'm stupid. When in reality, it is them who isn't very smart. Because they are animals. Think about that. They are animals. Nonetheless, I have this um, that I'm going to review for the week of... 114 through 119 of Dynamite and Rampage. And we're going to be talking about the Royal Rumble. I had a big brain idea. The big brain idea that I had was to pull up a and see 
if I could actually do this, but was to pull up a article showing me slash telling me because I'm not caught up to WWE at all. I figure AEW is the, and not to sound this way, but there's seven days in a week, 52 weeks in a year, which means that I'm basically trying to get out 52 weeks worth of nothing but content on a podcast that I recently started in October. Um, not to sound like I'm bitching or anything. Um, I'm finding it harder and harder and harder to keep up with professional wrestling on a week to week to week to week to week to week basis. And it's not because I don't like keeping up with professional wrestling. Because I do, I enjoy it with all of my heart. But there's so much to cover. You can't expect me, honestly, to watch Tuesday nights, Monday nights, whatever comes on Wednesday nights, which it does, um, Friday nights, whether that be both and or SmackDown, if it still comes on Friday nights, um, whatever comes on in Japan, whenever it comes on, even though I'm in a different time zone than that, um, or for that matter, even look up highlights of whatever comes on in Japan, watch something Tuesday, watch something Wednesday, watch something Thursday, have this podcast out by Friday, watch Friday night's episode for next week so that I'll know what it is that, you know, I mean, so that I'll have more content for the following week while filling up this notebook which I don't have a problem filling it up. Um, you know, once this notebook gets filled up, I'm just going to have to replace it with another notebook. That's not a problem at all. And not to sound like I'm bitching, like I said, but there is far too much to look at as far as the world of professional wrestling goes. I kind of play it by ear. I don't ask my my friends, I don't ask my colleagues, I don't have a very big following on social media that I can uh, come to and ask them, hey, did you guys watch uh, Smackdown last week? No. Why? What happened? To make regular conversation with. I maybe have one, one good friend who I can come to and ask about what happened last week or he probably watches or listens to one or two podcasts a week <clears throat> graciously mine is one of them so i do thank him for his support um but the point that i'm trying to make is that i'm getting overwhelmed and that's why i've delegated myself to either or, and or. And what do I mean by that? I'm either going to have to eliminate world wrestling entertainment, or I'm going to have to eliminate all elite wrestling from my day-to-day, week-to-week podcast regiment.
or I'm going to have to watch highlights of one of them, read news stories up on one of them while watching the other one and staying loyal to the other one. This puts me in a very precarious position because my heart wants to go WWE all the way. Just watch their two or three shows a week. That's what my heart says. Because I grew up with WWE. I grew up with Shawn Michaels, Davy Boy Smith, Jerry Lawler. I grew up with The Shield, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns. AJ Styles, who recently made his WWE debut at the Royal Rumble of, what, 2018, 2016? Um, my, I grew up with CM Punk. The point. And the point will be heard as if I'm taking shots at one wrestling company versus another. If I had to make a choice, I would not listen to my nostalgic heart. I would go. I would go with where the content is taking me. AEW is very interesting product. Whenever I say that, I'm not saying that to be to belittle WWE in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. And as a content creator, it is my personal opinion, or it is my professional opinion, that I have to stake on the line in order to tell you, the listener... The people who tune in each and every week, and I know that there's at least 5 to 12 because my aesthetics let me know on a week-to-week basis that I'm, I'm getting more and more listeners by the week. I wanted to come on here before... Um, diving into this episode and basically introduce myself. And I wanted to let you all know what episode number that we were on to see the progression go as far as it's went thus far. If I started in October... What is it? November, December, January? That's three months of content thus far. It's been almost 90 days, if not over 90 days. My point, and trust me, 
I have a point. This is not just endless, meaningless bitching and rambling. As a content creator, I have to go either with my gut, with my heart, with my brain, with my mind. I have to think about what it is that you, the listener, would want to hear or would want in their content regiment. I don't want to say right now that it is with a heavy heart that I'm going to say goodbye to all WWE programming. That's kind of what I don't want to say. But it is extremely difficult for me to keep doing this week by week if your content that you're looking for is going to be both intriguing, interesting, biologically or uh, a biography in a way like it's a biography from one person's point of view because I do not have a team behind me, unfortunately, like Dave Meltz, Dave Metzer claims that he has a team, but yet he's the only person that sends tweets, updates his website, and any time that he does send a tweet, or any time that he does update his website, his name gets put beside of all those tweets. What I mean by that is the fact that <clears throat> Dave Meltzer, Dave Metzer, the Wrestling Observer, Observer Newsletter, tweeted out today, and whenever they say that, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, what they mean is, Dave Metzer, Mel Meltzer, he's got a, his last name is very difficult to pronounce, as is mine, so touche to him. My point, of course, being, before we get into the Royal Rumble, before we get into Rampage uh, 114 in 2022, my point, of course, being is that I'm eventually going to have to, until I can get a team behind me, because I can't keep up with all of the content. All of the content. Of course, we'll still review pay-per-views. That's why I said I look forward to the Royal Rumble. I will review it on the Friday after the Rumble happens. So I won't watch it Monday. I won't watch the aftermath of WWE on Monday. You know, because there's so much content to cover but just not enough to where I, as one person, can handle it all. Understand? Hopefully, you as the viewer, you as the listener, rather, can understand that.
Anyway, 20 minutes in, I'm going to let you know that's where the spicy meatball starts. We have on Rampage of 114-2022. Now, AEW had to make a drastic change in their championship lineup recently because unfortunately one of their champions the tag one half of the tag team champions uh one half of the uh lucha bros um got hurt he got put through a table and unfortunately he probably severed some sort of bone, ruptured something, or tore something. Either it was a ligament, it was a um a muscle, or um a lot of people say that they could see the bone sticking out of his arm. That's how hard that he hit. Um <clears throat> Ray Phoenix Jr. And Ray Felix Jr. Um, of the popular tag team, Penta Jr. and Ray Phoenix Jr. are known as the Lucha Bros, if I remember correctly. And uh, Penta Jr. and uh, Ray Phoenix and uh. Pac are all three collectively known as um, Death Triangle. Cool faction name, by the way. <clears throat> Whenever they they did that, they had to make a drastic call because that, to my knowledge, was a championship match. They had to replace a champion and decided at that point to call an audible and and um allow the jungle boy and luchasaurus the jurassic express to go ahead and take the championships from them the Jurassic Express, this was a tag team championship match, by the way. Speaking of which, on this episode of Rampage, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Now, this is my first time seeing John Silver. Whenever I seen him, I thought thought to myself, wow, somebody left 205 Live and went and tried to join the Dark Order. And for such a small man, he looks so small, you know? They don't even bother putting him in, like, wrestling boots that maybe give him, like, an extra two or three inches. It even looks like that. It looks like I could fit into his clothes, you know? That's... But at the same time, he's... He's fast. 
He's agile, and for that matter, every time he would hit Jungle Boy or every time he would smack Luchasaurus, it would jar them a little bit. It would look as though that John Silver was someone... I made fun of him once before um, on a promo that I did. Um, So I'll try to make this quick. I used to do a thing called iFunny Wrestling. And in iFunny Wrestling, you would pick a wrestler, essentially, and then you would make... um, Week to week, you would have an opponent who you would go up against and you would represent one wrestler. Let's say that I was to choose Daniel Bryan, for instance. And I never chose Daniel Bryan, just so you know. But anyway, if I was to pick Bryan, um, basically I would search search YouTube for Daniel Bryan promos, and then I would screenshot them, put them in some crazy-looking comic strip-like looking thing, and then I would make those screenshots say certain things, and I would try my best to sound like my best version of Daniel Bryan talking about one of my opponents. In one of those comic strip things, fantasy promos, I played um Cody Rhodes and as Cody Rhodes I like I said I'll try to make this quick and as Cody Rhodes I made fun of John Silver in one way or another uh, or at least someone else who was playing John Silver in the same company that I was in in saying that I guess Long John Silver, I made fun of him somehow, I made fun of fish or something like that, is going to cook his last fish dinner, I guess, might have been what I said, I guess Long John Silver is going to cook his last fish dinner, but this match, this match was honestly really really good the tag team titles were on the line and it showed that um both of it showed that dark order was ready that at any point in time if um jungle boy and luchasaurus were to drop the ball that if AEW needed a new tag team championship a new tag team champions, rather. John Silver and Alex Reynolds of the uh, Dark Order would be sure to pick up the ball and run with it. That, that to me was one of the most beautiful matches that I'd ever seen, and I was so glad that it was the main event. Even though it's the first match that we're discussing because it's the first match that's on my um, notepad here because somebody didn't put the card in order whenever I was writing it down. They also, whenever 
whenever I was writing down the card, they didn't tell me that it was a championship match. So I had to, whenever I was writing it down and I was watching the episode, I had to swiggle that down really fast too, that it was a championship match. Trent Beretta versus Adam Cole. Okay, this was a beautiful match. Um, Beretta's one half, uh, one third, rather, no. Okay, so I'm going to have to explain something. For those of you who don't know, Trent Beretta, um, he was making his, his, um, re-debut or his, um, I shouldn't call it a re-debut. It should be like a, a AEW comeback or an AEW return. He was making his return to AEW on this night, and I was talking to a friend of mine, and I told him, it's obvious who's going to win. Adam Cole's number one ranked. Of course he's going to win. And he's undefeated for this year. To let Cole's undefeated streak go, you know, like, it's like letting CM Punk's undefeated streak go. What is he, 10 and, or 11 and 0 now? Not Beretta, but or not Cole, but, um, Punk. Anyway, Trent Beretta versus Adam Cole. Like I said, I'm going to have to explain something for those of you who don't watch AEW on a regular basis. Just try to stick with me here. It's important that you understand that everyone or practically everyone is in a staple for one reason or another. And the staple that Trent Breda is a part of, he's a part of two factions, much like uh, Death Triangle and the Lucha Brothers, are made up of uh, two-thirds of their faction. Okay, so Trent Breda with um, Chuck Taylor is known as uh, Best Friends. Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy is known as Just Friends. Orange Cassidy and Trent Breda is also known as Just Friends. So, collectively, they're known as Just Friends, but whenever Trent Breda and uh, Chuck Taylor are together, they're known as Best Friends. I hope to God that I got the combination right, because I swear, if I missed something, if I missed, like, if Orange Cassidy and, and Chuck Taylor together are best friends, and then I said it wrong or backwards or upside down. It's very hard to keep up with their relationship, especially with Excalibur. He only says their name like one time, and then throughout the match, he'll refer to them as either their ring name, not their um actual pronounced name, or he'll refer to them as a nickname. For those of you who don't know what a ring name is, Triple H went by the ring name, The Game. Um, but even before that, Triple H went by the ring name, The Connecticut Blue Blood, is what Jim Ross called him. You know, if you was to refer to people as their ring name before, I mean, Excalibur, if you're listening. God forbid you be listening to my podcast. You must be pretty down bad, kid. Excalibur, if you're listening, please, for the love of God, pronounce somebody's name. You don't. You don't have to call Adam Cole Cole. You don't. 
you know what? Forget it. It's it's not important. But it's really hard because I, I wasn't introduced to Trent Beretta. He was just shoved in my face one day, you know? Um I didn't know who Chuck Taylor is. I thought Chuck Taylor made shoes. Um But anyway, Trent Beretta versus Adam Cole. It was really entertaining. It was a high flying back and forth. Beretta does his best matches, honestly, in tag team matches. And Adam Cole wins. And that's exactly what I predicted would happen because these this that type of booking is all too easily known. But the good news is no one interfered. You know, you didn't see Orange Cassidy come out there and get in Adam Cole's face, despite the fact that they supposedly have a, a heated rivalry that they keep bringing up every other week, except that's all they keep doing. They keep bringing it up every other week. How's it a heated rivalry if it only gets brought up every other week? Is it because Orange Cassidy is in the corner of uh, whoever your wife's challenger, your girlfriend's challenger is? Um, like here, Nyla Rose, uh, Penelope Ford, and the Bunny uh, faced off against Chris Statlander, um, Layla Hirsch, and Red Velvet. Well, if you don't know, uh, the Bunny sort of sometimes hangs out with Britt Baker DMD. That's probably the last time that I'm going to call her DMD. <coughs> what? Who said that? <clears throat> well, anyway, the bunny has an affiliation with Britt Baker DMD. And um, if the bunny has an affiliation in one way or another with Britt Baker DMD um then I guess that means that Orange Cassidy has to be in the corner of Chris Statlander or Layla Hirsch this was a really entertaining match though and I keep talking about women's wrestling how creative that they are how great that it is this wasn't like their best match you know like I hate multi-man multi-woman matches because whole lot of high-flying action. Uh, sometimes there's brawls. Sometimes it's hard to keep up with. Um, and, you know, if I can't exactly keep up with it, then giving it an accurate rating is going to uh, hinder my performance a lot, you know? Um, but really, I don't know any of these girls. I don't know who Penelope Ford is. I wonder if she's um, related to Montez Ford. I'd highly doubt it. I don't exactly know who the bunny is. You know, uh, Nyla Rose, I was never really introduced to her. I'd seen maybe three or four of her matches, you know, maybe. Uh, Chris Statlander and Layla Hirsch have sort of a <clears throat> ongoing passive rivalry, but they're both friends or not to take away from Trent Beretta, Orange Cassidy, and or um, Chuck Taylor, but one would even say that they're best friends. Because I'm pretty sure that Trent Beretta and Chuck Taylor are best friends. They want it to be known. But 
um, Chris Statlander and Layla Hirsch being friends, they're also ha- they also have a competitive uh, uh, respect toward one another. And whenever they're in the ring together, regardless of whether it's in tag team action or whether or not they're looking eye to eye across the ropes in a different manner. Um, but I gave it three out of five stars. It was honestly a solid, solid match. Um, I thought that it was really, really entertaining. Um, but you know, I, it's probably a few things they could have done better. And once again, multi-man, multi-woman matches aren't exactly what I would call entertaining. Sean Spears versus Andrew Yvette. Yvette maybe got one good move. And that was when he tried to run away. The chairman, Sean Spears, and you'll see why they call him that in a minute. It's basically because he just takes a chair and bashes people's heads in. You want to talk about joke booking? But it was like... Excalibur said something about Andrew Yvette on... um, by the way, he's making his AEW debut. In case you haven't heard who Andrew Yvette is, he was probably some local talent that they found over at the bar. My point, of course, being this match maybe lasted thirteen, sixteen seconds. It was done. If You want an example of how fast this match was? If I was you, if I had two screens, if I had Peacock, two screens, and run Peacock on one screen, okay? Go look up the Chris Benoit-Orlando Jordan match from the Great American Bash. I don't know what year. I'm sure you could find it if you Googled a little bit. Um, or I could Google it right now, but I've been good. I Googled earlier to figure out when Wednesday night dynamite comes on. And then I had a brain fart and realized, Hey, dumbass, it comes on Wednesday nights. I mean, they don't call it Wednesday night dynamite cause it comes on Tuesday night. What the fuck? But, um, what I mean to say is Benoit faced off against, uh, Orlando Jordan in what was quite possibly the fastest United States championship match that I'd ever seen in my entire life. So fast that Benoit even made a vignette where he made a cup of coffee in the same amount of time that it took him to tap out Orlando Jordan. My point is you want to talk about shitty booking, but in a way that's still entertaining, that still holds water that still holds some sort of, wow, did that really just happen? Moment. The chairman, Sean Spears, you probably know him as Ty Dillinger somewhere else. Versus Andrew Yvette. The chairman, Sean Spears, puts Yvette up over his shoulders drops him one time 
and then after that pins him, and then after that cuts a promo on CM Punk. Basically saying, listen, listen, CM Punk. You know, MJF sent me out here to be his cleaner, and that's exactly what I'm going to do to you. I'm going to take you to the cleaners. Something funny about MJF, he calls CM Punk PG Punk. Moxley returns. Um, now we're at the 1-19-2022 episode of Dynamite. CM Punk versus Sean Spears. Oh, my fault. I forgot to tell you. Sean Spears versus Andrew Yvette. One out of five stars. It was entertaining. Yes. But I'm giving it one out of five stars. Because even though it was ironic... Even though it was funny, even though it was entertaining, even though it made me say, oh my god, did they really just do that? Even though it was strong booking, it kind of was, if you think about it. If you stop and think about it. Because these two didn't have some rambunctious back and forth, left and right, you know, um, brawl. Where it's like, oh, who's going to win? Near fall after near fall after near fall after near fall. Oh, a kick out, a kick out, a kick out. Oh, his foot was on the rope. Controversy, controversy. Blow your horns. Controversy. It wasn't anything like that. Whenever I say strong booking, it made Sean Spears look extremely strong against somebody that doesn't matter. If you compare CM Punk to a local talent, or for that matter, they did take Andrew Yvette out of it. Let's say that we was to put someone in there that actually had a name for themselves. It, I, I'm gonna level with you guys. I know why they they use the local talent that they're probably never gonna call again. It's it's because. <clears throat> <clears throat> it's because they needed Sean Spears to look halfway strong against the undefeated C.M. Punk. For those of you who still don't get it, those of you who still scratching your head, they needed Sean Spears to say something to C.M. Punk in order to further the rivalry between CM Punk and MJF. Because Sean Spears is nothing more than a proxy for MJF. MJF has this big delusion that no one can touch him. He even tells his old buddy Wardload that because he couldn't get the job done with CM Punk... He's going to dock his pay. CM Punk versus Sean Spears. And here's the funny part. Y you ready to laugh? Because Punk finishes Sean Spears in the amount of time, or even before the amount of time, that it take 
that it took Chris Benoit to tap out. I'm sorry. I'm not saying that Chris Benoit tapped out. What I'm saying is, in the amount of time that it took Chris Benoit to put Orlando Jordan, if you could run these two matches side by side, I bet you the fastest win would go to CM Punk putting Sean Spears to sleep and hitting the one, the two, the three. That's how fast that it was. The blink of an eye. I thought I was about to see a match. You want to know what happened? CM Punk hoisted Sean Spears up on his shoulders. He went for the GTS. And good night, Sean Spears. I gave it a one out of five stars once again. But I did put a little bit of a note notepad here i said that it was funny it was ironic it was entertaining do you know why because what sean spears did to andrew yvette and i bet if you was to put those two matches together the the cm punk match and the um andrew yvette match i bet they would run about the same length because it was probably over in a heartbeat I'm sorry, a heartbeat. I mean, yeah, maybe not. Because, believe it or not, I did some research on what the fastest things in the world are. And heartbeat is like the third fastest thing in the world, you know. But these are wrestling matches. This is probably like, honestly, that I don't know how to put it, you know. They were entertaining, though. It was funny watching Sean Spears get just... GTS and then he just passes out you know get the smelling sauce boys you're gonna need it I wasn't able to watch Darby Allen and Sting face the acclaimed but honestly I don't want to watch a match with the acclaimed anyway um Frankie Kazarian no I wasn't able to watch House of Black um Orange Cassidy uh versus Adam Cole oh okay sorry sorry uh Orange Cassidy and Serena and Chris Statlander, rather, um, versus Adam Cole and Britt Baker DMD. Like I said, that's probably going to be the last time that I do that um, on my podcast. I- I'm joking, by the way. I'm going to do it many more times. This match was electric in more than one way the crowd wow it was extremely hard to stop the crowd from doing anything and honestly if if Candice LeRae wasn't pregnant right now I feel like Johnny Wrestling would already join um, AEW, and in, imagine in this match, right, we take out Orange Cassidy, just a little bit of fantasy booking here, we replace Cassidy in this particular match, even though, let's face it, he's, he's kind of irreplaceable, we replace Cassidy, though, in this particular match, and we put in Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano, and we take out Chris Statlander, 
who, by the way, put on a hell of a performance in this. <clears throat> Sounds like that I'm whispering, at least in my room it does. Um, I don't know if I'm whispering into this microphone or not. Hello, can you hear me? Anyway, what I mean to say is um, Chris Statlander, replace her with... Even though she's irreplaceable. And she was like the human highlight reel of this this match right here. She did a freaking 450 splash onto um, Adam Cole and um, Britt Baker. D-M-D. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Dr. Britt Baker. D-M-D. I've been saying her name wrong this entire time. But take Statlander out. Just fantasy booking. Hold hold on and hold with me here. And put in put in Mrs. Gargano. You know? Put in Candace LeRae. And then you've got a match. You know? The recently married um, Johnny Gargano and um, Candice LeRae, which I'm never mind. They've been married for a long time. Shut up, shut up. And um, Adam Cole and Britt Baker. And with Valentine's Day coming up, we would see just how strong their love truly is. Because I'm gonna level with you. Johnny Gargano is the most entertaining. That I've seen in a long time. But Orange Cassidy and uh, Chris Statlander were honestly the highlight reel of this entire match. Because anytime that they would do something and it. Adam Cole and Britt Baker honestly played the best heels though. Because. They didn't want no part of the faces. They didn't want no part of um, anything that they had to offer. Everything that Statlander, or for that matter, Cassidy did, they did it with Spunk, and they did it almost in a way that was like, <laughs> they were just, Running around, having fun, and the fun, of course, stopped whenever Cassidy accidentally, it wasn't on purpose, Cassidy accidentally put um, Britt Baker through a table because um, Adam Cole, <clears throat> Adam Cole shoved uh, Cassidy into the ropes and it was the wrong side of the ropes. But what I mean to say is that it's, I mean, Britt Baker was playing, oh, sorry, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, got her um, ass kicked, sort of, and she did sell the uh, table spot really well, too. I hope that she's okay, I mean, if she really is hurt, you know. That would kind of damper my mood a little bit. More than a little bit. I mean, it sucks to see Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, be in the hospital. 
if she was. Now, MJF. MJF calls Punk a PG Punk. Yeah, I know that I already said that. But, um, it was in my notes now. Not only that, but also I wanted to take a look at the Royal Rumble event. So now that we're done with that, or at least we should be for the moment, done with anything that they... They, of course, being the people who run the show around here in WWE... The WWE Royal Rumble matches, according to CBS WWE um, Championship, Brock Lesnar champion versus Bobby Lashley. I thought about just writing this down and then just taking it from there, but it, it's almost my bedtime, so uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm instead just going to read it from, or not read it like from, from, but like read it and put it into my own words, more or less. <clears throat> Lesnar won the championship at the day one pay-per-view when he uh, won a match against uh, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, Big E Langston, Kevin, Kevin Owens, um, <clears throat> uh, who? Roman Reigns? Oh, okay. No, not Roman Reigns. He ended up at the... The reason that he had the match, basically, was just because Roman had COVID. Uh, on the next match on the card that they're talking about here at CVS Sports is um, uh, Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. And, of course, Adam Pearce was tasked with finding Roman an opponent. Oh, okay. Miz and Maurice versus Edge and Beth Phoenix. I didn't even know that this one was on the uh, card, but yeah, yeah, I guess it's one way to take the to take the uh, I, how do how do I say this? It's one way to take the um, rivalry to the next level. Okay, but I I don't I don't know. I just thought it was against Miz and like what element does that add to the to to the rivalry between Edge and Maurice and Maurice and Beth Phoenix have nothing to do with this, you know? Like that's interesting. Why couldn't they just up the ante again and say, all right, this time it's going to be a barbar cage match. All right, Miz, you couldn't get the job done that time, so how about we have a break my neck match, you know? Like, <laughs> excuse me, you shouldn't have a break my neck match. That sounds painful. The Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch facing Dewdrop? She defeated Liv Morgan? What? And Bianca Belair. Oh, and Bianca Belair. Wow, man. Why not just give Morgan another... Okay. 
I see. I see why you don't give Liv Morgan. I, <clears throat> I guess I can see why you don't give Liv Morgan another shot. But did you did you not see my review of of day one, where Liv Morgan and I. I, I don't know, you know, like, why in, why in the hell would you, um, <clears throat> so we're not going to give Liv Morgan another shot and she's going to be a jobber from now on. I honestly don't see Becky beating Dewdrop. Oh my God, that match is going to be painful to watch because I don't even know if Becky Lynch can lift Dewdrop. I don't like making fat jokes. Really, I don't. But here on CBS Sports, I think that they're calling Dewdrop a powerhouse, but she's not. She's T-H-T-H-T-H-I-C-K-I-C-K. Sick. And the men's Royal Rumble. It says, interestingly, that's not the word that I would use. That's not the word that I would use. I wonder how much that they paid Johnny Knoxville to say something stupid on the internet to get him to say, oh, I got an idea. Hey, guys, uh, you remember... Uh, Monday Night Raw, back whenever we used to have random celebrities um, come up to Monday Night Raw to try to make it relevant again. Um, you know, like Chris Angel. Um, like um, David Hasselhoff. That was, that was a good episode of Monday Night Raw, right? Um, and NFL quarterback, uh, Ben, oh man, Rocklessburger, was it his name? Yeah. Rocklessburger did host an episode of Monday Night Raw, didn't he? Oh, please host an episode of Monday Night Raw. My point, of course, being is that um, the celebrity era, the celebrity hosting era, shouldn't, shouldn't it have? <clears throat> so I'm going to level with you guys. It should have died long ago. Whenever there's a celebrity who participated in the Royal Rumble so long ago, I forget. I don't forget who the celebrity was, but I forget what year it was. Um, but you can probably look it up if you want to. If I remember correctly, we had a celebrity who did that. And his name was... Uh, Drew. What's Drew's last name? Well, he hosts The Prices Right now. He's tall, funny guy. He's got glasses. Uh, Drew Carey, maybe? I want to say. Is his last name Carey? Why am I saying Carey? Drew Carey. Drew Carey. I know that it's not Drew Barrymore. That's for damn sure. Um... My point, of course, is that the men's rumble. I don't, I don't know who they're going to pick to win this year. You know, 
Oh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are in it. Everyone can celebrate now. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens have been announced to be in the, the men's Royal Rumble, and hopefully so is Braun Strowman, you know, because Strowman just likes to put his hands on people. But, yeah, Braun Strowman's probably not going to be in there. I mean, Johnny Knoxville, Johnny Knoxville. But hopefully their jobber status between Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens hasn't um like hopefully it's 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 still there you know if they were smart and that's that's a big question too if they were smart how would you play this here's how you do it okay fantasy booking time number two this episode you ready if they were smart they would allow or for that matter, they would have. Oh, Priest is in it. Seamus, Theory, Dawkins, Ford. Of course, Knoxville. Yeah, whatever. Madcap Moss. If they were smart, though, honestly, they would. The person who deserves the victory is Biggie Langston. In all honesty, it is Big E Langston. Allow me to say that again. It is the powerhouse of positivity. That's who deserves it. <clears throat> Why? Well, regardless of who wins the championship match, regardless of whether it's Brock, or whether it's Bobby. If it is Bobby, then me and my friend, of course, made a joke that it would be, quote, black-on-black black violence. And, um, you know, that's that's always funny. I'm not trying to be racist or anything. You know, I, I'm totally not racist. My best friend is a black guy. Okay, I'm going to shut up now. My point is... Without the black-on-black black violence being my point, which is it's not my point, by the way. Uh, Breaker says NXT title win was first time Dad watched. Sounds, sounds interesting. But nonetheless, not to get off the subject, regardless of whether it's Brock Lesnar, the rematch, Brock Lesnar versus Big E Langston, and then just to have Big E Langston win at a major pay-per-view... You disrupted what he had going, which was honestly something that you should have never done to begin with, regardless of whether it was a fatal five way, whether it was just him or him and uh, Seth Rollins. You know, you could have done a back and forth between Seth Rollins. Like I said, this is fantasy booking time number two. You could have done. WWE, if you're listening, which I highly doubt that you are, maybe 12 years down the road you'll be listening because by then I'm sure I'll have a sponsor. I'm sure I'll have a fucking studio. My point is WWE really stepped on their own talent's toes. And why? Is it because come WrestleMania we're going to have Roman Reigns as champion facing off against Brock Lesnar who's champion to unify the champions? 
and we're not going to get we're not going to get two let alone or three championship singles matches because god forbid even though those two titles are on the line in one single match let alone two really different matches you want to know what the what my fav- my fucking favorite part of wrestlemania was if i wasn't satisfied with the wwe championship match that they were having i at least had the world championship match to worry about if i wasn't satisfied with the universal championship match then i at least had the wwe championship match to look forward to but i guess that's not how that's going to work this year i'm guessing this year we're just going to have one major big title to worry about as the two powerhouses Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns go against each other and the only person who's ever really happy about that would be Vince McMahon and the only way I would be happy with that and honestly I could see my listeners being about the same way all 12 or all 14 or all 18 or all 25 of you or any more or less my point, of course, being is that if Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns were to face off again and the championships, both of them being on the line, I would hope that Brock would lose. I would hope that Roman would pull off victorious. And the reason that I'm saying that is because he would deserve it at that point. Instead of Becky two belts, we would have Roman two belts. Or rather, we would have... You know how... Not not to make another racist joke or anything. You know, black on black violence. Not to make another racist joke or anything, but... um, Two chains, but I got a few on? How about... Two championships. I I don't know where I was going with that. All right. As I'm looking up at the timer right now, it's telling me that I'm an hour and six minutes in. I don't necessarily have a lot more to talk about. A majority of this... I just hate the fact that Becky Lynch is facing Dewdrop. God. Hopefully if she loses her title, she's at least the shoo-in for the... Hang on. Participants. Carmella, Dana Brooke, Nikki A.S.H., Queen Zelina, Shotzi, uh, Charlotte Flair, Lita, Nikki Bella, Kelly Kelly, Michelle McCool, Mickey James... Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan. You see, if they're smart, here's what they'll do. They'll go ahead, let Becky win, right? And then after Becky wins, okay, imagine this. Time for dream match number three, basically. This is my wet dream right here. Liv Morgan, Becky Lynch, again. 
Becky beats Dewdrop. You know what? Becky doesn't even have to beat Dewdrop if you think about it, because all she has to do is hit her over the head with a steel chair. I want Becky to retain her title. Shut up. This is the Raw Women's Championship, but I don't see anything about the SmackDown Women's Championship. Well, WWE predictions. Alpha Academy versus RK-Bro. Uh, is this the pre-show? Yeah. Okay. RK Bro to win was the only prediction that was posted. What about the Intercontinental Championship? What about the United States Championship? Are those all belts that you, WWE, you just wipe your ass with? What about the Heritage with them? What about the tag team? SmackDown tag team. What about the uh, SmackDown women's division? Didn't Becky have to change her title because she got drafted to Raw? She technically never lost that. Doesn't she deserve a rematch? Listen, I'm trying to negotiate something for Becky Lynch to wherever she doesn't have to face Dewdrop. That's a death sentence if I've ever seen one. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to thank you for joining me this week. Tune in next week. Boys, that's a wrap. As always, thank you so much. <coughs> thank you so much. I'm starting to lose my voice. I'm not good at commentary. For all of you who have stuck with me, John Moxley, by the way, not to take away from this wholesome moment, but John Moxley gave a hell of a passionate speech last week, or actually yesterday. Technically, it's two days ago because this is coming up. This is going to be posted on Friday, and you guys hopefully watch Wednesday's show because I haven't seen all of it. But nonetheless, next week, I'll be able to review the rest of it and then... After that, we'll just take it from there, right? My cats are looking at me like I'm stupid. Like I'm talking into a microphone. I'm talking to no one, you know? That's a wrap. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in this week. I will see you all next week at around this time. <laughs>